All right. Hello, Idiots on Parade, the Too Ugly for TV podcast. Hi, Jake. How's it going? All is well here. A second ago, as we prepped, you asked if I could hear background noise in your place, and I said I couldn't, and the reason I can't is because I am staying in a lovely Motel 6 uh, over by an airport in Salt Lake City. And uh, when you're buying an airport and a Motel 6, they don't put those in the best neighborhoods. So I am right goddamn next to, I mean, my room is pushing up against a freeway. So I don't know if you can hear all the trucks and cars going by. No, can't hear it on my end. Well, I bet my microphone's picking them up. So there could be a background noise at Jake's end, and there's definitely background noise at my end. So a messy, messy podcast, listeners. Background noise aplenty. Yeah, I'm sure it'll be fine. What uh, What's the background noise that you're you're in that you were asking me if I could hear that I could? Oh, just uh, my my girlfriend's got the TV up, but the but the door's shut. It's just kind of loud and gotcha. I, I, I don't know. I, I don't want to tell her to turn it down too much because like she just got off a long shift, and I'm like the door's shut. So if 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 Timo can't hear it, I'm not too worried about it. Yeah, she just but, wants to uh, wind down. That's uh, what she yeah, does. Yeah, She watching that new Disney Plus? Is she watching the Disney Plus, Jake? Um. Yeah, she is. Wait, no, no, she's watching a show for grown-ups. That's right, because we're adults. We don't watch cartoons. <laughs> hey, I got Disney+. Plus. It has everything. Yeah, uh, but you got kids, man. Yeah, that's true. Uh, I said I'm in Salt Lake City. Uh, have you ever been here? Uh, no, I have not. Well, it's uh, it's November. We are recording listeners on Saturday morning, November 16th. So it's, it's, it's chilly. It's fall. It's autumn. And this is a mountainous re- region. And I wasn't thinking, because you talk about being adults, well, I, I'm also a boy, so I don't uh, pack like uh, my wife would pack when she travels somewhere. I get here, and I'm like, oh, yeah, I forgot. We're, we're in an elevation uh, that's uh, that I'm not used to, and it's winter, so it's drier, and it's higher. I don't really think anything of it till I take a shower, and I step out of the shower, and every pore in my body just goes... <laughs> And all the water just leaves. And I look in the mirror, and I can see lines forming on my face. I'm like, well, that's that's not good. That is not not like lines of like age lines, but just dry, chapped skin on my face. So I went to Walgreens and bought some Pond's face. I just bought whatever was cheapest. And it got so bad. Like after I, I I exercised and took a shower again, I like. I put it on my face, but then I started feeling the rest of my body. So I started rubbing Pond's face cream on my legs, on my ankles, on my forearms, just because everything is so goddamn dry here. Your your body looks just, it's weird. You look mummified. It's weird. You know what I heard helps with that in, in Salt Lake City? Uh, seven more wives. That's, that, that's why they do that, actually. <laughs> Um, So, listeners, a little behind uh, the scenes about our podcast. Generally, 99% of the time, uh, I I collect interesting news stories over the week, um, things that maybe not everyone is talking about, sometimes what's on on everybody's minds. And I send them to Jake, and he uh, looks over the headlines, and then we discuss what's going on with the news. Well, because of my travel schedule this week, uh, I didn't do that. So Jake and I are going to freeform it today. We are. Yeah, let's do it. We are walking a tightrope without a net. Uh, I have something. I read a book that you probably didn't read that I can talk about. Is there anything, Jake, you want to use as a jumping off point to, to get into this? Yeah, I don't really care, man. We could talk. Uh, we, we could talk. 
Do you we, watch we Thursday Night Roger Football? Stone stuff. We could talk oh, the, Roger Stone. The, the hearings yesterday. Uh, we could talk the Joker. We could talk. Uh, uh, let's see. I saw Jojo Rabbit. I can oh, talk. We can't talk stuff. Jojo Rabbit because I haven't seen it yet, and I want to, want to, want to. Should, should oh, I it's good. It it? Honestly, it's got a really weird ending. Dude, what happens is the kid he goes to it. No, no, no. Is it, is it worth seeing, though? Do you give it a thumbs up? That's all I want to know. Oh, yeah, dude. Honestly, uh, best movie I saw all year. If it doesn't get win every single goddamn Oscar, then it's, it's a travesty. Cool. Okay, I want to see that, and I want to see Ford versus Ferrari. So, and I know nothing yeah, about cars. Good. I just heard it's a great uh, story. All right, yeah, well, it, it, I, I saw the previews for that. It looked pretty good. You know what was not so good? Um, uh, Terminator, whatever the fuck this one is. That, oh, that's uh, not, right. Not so great. Listeners, Jake uh, revived his movie pass. Uh, movie pass is gone. What do you have now? I I have Regal's version of that. So, so you're seeing movies again? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like it's like twenty bucks a month, but you know, like one ticket here is like sixteen. So I'm like, that's that's still a good deal, and it doesn't have any of the weird movie pass stipulations. You can actually see however many you want in a day, and and movie you, pass you, you can see any of the like... movies in the theater and, and all that shit. This new Tom Cruise movie came out. I think it was Mission Impossible uh, sequel came out, and MoviePass was like, all right, if you want to see Mission Impossible, you can only do it at Wednesday uh, on Wednesday at 1 p.m. Otherwise, it's off the table. Like, they had all these weird... Uh, oh, yeah, eventually it got to the point to where there was all these... Um, I, mean, I mean, you know, between Queens and Manhattan, there's a lot of movie theaters, but you'd click on them, and it would give you the option to see maybe one movie at each theater, if that. And so, you know, most of them, you'd, by the end of it, you would click on it, and it just wouldn't offer you anything. Or it would show that a movie was available, and you'd get there, and then they just weren't offering it that day. Not like, oh, they're sold out of tickets, because that's a different thing. Just, oh, this isn't available. It was available today until 11 a.m., apparently. But now it's now it's not. It, it, it was the craziest goddamn thing. So now you have you can go to any Regal theater, and it's just good to go there. Yep, good to go at any of the theaters. All right, so you're seeing movies again. I have seen Joker. Um, uh, let's talk about it for a little bit. Let's let's. It'll be a movie podcast. Um, I will just say up front, and then I will let you you begin the discussion. I did not like it. Oh, you didn't like it? I did not. I I liked it. I but the thing is, is I've never seen King of Comedy. I honestly, I talked to a people, a couple of people. They were like, "If you haven't seen King of Comedy, don't watch it till you watch The Joker, because it's 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 a lot like that. Just you, you know, not as good or a little different or in clown makeup or whatever." Right. I, well, it took me a night to sleep on it. I remember leaving the theater. First of all, my wife wanted to walk out of it because she thought it was too dark, too violent. I didn't have a problem with any of that. I don't mind dark. I don't mind violent. I just I left the theater going, I don't know if I like that or not. It just something seemed eh about it. And then I woke up the next morning and decided, yeah, it just wasn't good. Um, I, I, can, I, I saw it a long time ago, so it takes me... A while to process, like, remember why I didn't like it. I think the main thing I did not like about it is, first of all, I thought it was visually beautiful. I thought it was shot very well. I thought the uh, color palette was beautiful. I thought some of the uh, camera angles, like the 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 setups, the the cinematography. I thought well, and Joaquin was, fucking killed it, man. And Joaquin was fantastic. I mean, it takes an excellent actor to turn a um, 
call it a, a Tourette syndrome, the laugh that is is manic laugh, to turn a condition like that and make it real. Like a bad actor would just be like, you're going to have to sit here and laugh. Right. I mean, that thing, all it all rested on Joaquin's shoulder, right? I, I mean, that... it. It's it's funny. I, I remember I was listening to a show one day, and they were saying the way that you could tell, like, wh- whether an, an actor did a really good job or or an absolutely outstanding job is if just asking yourself would would any basically any other actor be able to make that role work? You know, some roles it, it's it's just the the movie is written so well. That anyone could have done it, like I, I guess um, uh, the the Matrix, right? It, it, it's it's such a cool story, at least the first one, anyway. You know, it, it's such a cool story that you you could probably switch out most actors in any one of those roles, and it's still going to work. I mean, no disrespect to anybody in there, but like that's you, you know, it's just cool. With this one, it was like the script would have looked like actor looks kind of sad. And slowly goes crazy in this scene for about fifteen minutes with no dialogue. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like that. Oh, all right, maybe Vin Diesel wouldn't have been able to pull this one off. <laughs> well, what I was talking about to listeners that might not have seen it is um, the laugh is, as I said, it's a sort of Tourette syndrome thing where with the Joaquin character, he, he can't control when he gets uncomfortable. He just starts laughing. And in the hands of a lesser actor, that would probably, like you said, Vin Diesel, like, okay, now laugh. Okay. <laughs> right. That's got to be uncontrolled, but, and, and then you have to wrestle with actor it. Actor stares at a photo and then cries and then twitches and laughs for a bit right. while we play uh, The Who for roughly seven minutes and s- go. <laughs> like you can't, and you have to you see everything do that in that person's people. eyes. You have to get inside their head. You have to read the right. emotions. And so, walking, he worked with a body movement coach too for for like that scene in the bathroom when he after the subway scene. I'm trying to say oh, things without great. giving away. Yeah. So he was, but overall, I did not like at all how they tried to shoehorn the Wayne family into it. The idea of him visiting Bruce Wayne as a kid. Um, and did you see Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? I I did not. That, unfortunately, was going out of the theaters right as I got the pass. All right. Well, here's... So, Joker was... A lot of people I know that didn't like it said it was too slow for them. I love slow burn films. I was enjoying yeah, yeah. the slow burn of Joker. I, I thought it was very nicely paced. Uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is also a slow burn. It's a very slow pace. When it hits the payoff in Hollywood, in the Tarantino film, it's insane. I mean, you almost want to applaud in the theater. With Joker, the slow build, built to a finale, I thought was a letdown. The the talk show scene, the talk show moment, and I'm just like, eh, it didn't really do anything for me. And then the finale, after he gets... I from- liked it, but I think also part of the payoff is him, him just kind of... Even even that first scene where he's where he's got the clown makeup and he and he stabs the guy with the scissors and shit that that to me is part of the payoff. Um, I I, I like the the talk show scene. It it got a little too wordy for me. You know the part where he's going. I mean, this is what happens when society turns us back. It's it's like you can say that without saying it. You know, like I I, I get it. I get that's why he's kind of doing this, but. Um, 
Well, that being said, I, th- I thought it I thought it was a cool scene. I, I thought it looked cool. I mean, he's kind of dancing around, putting two more in him, and looking at the camera. Like it, it was fun. I just I and this is uh, gonna this will be the podcast because you're not allowed to ever say anything bad about anyone in Hollywood because if if we were known people if you or I were like if this podcast was super popular then the Twitterverse would blow up with uh, you know Timmel slams Joker film because they don't take anything in context. I no, there's it, lots of people that talk shit about this. Remember the stupid clickbaity ones like Vice and all that were, were, were sitting there writing articles before it even came out going, don't go see the Joker. Uh, incels are going to shoot up the movie theater. Uh, and I'm like, they haven't even said they're going to do that, dummies. Uh, Why that- are you putting that in their fucking head? I want to see this movie. So I had to wait a few weeks, you know. And then I watched the movie, and I'm like, why would incels shoot up this movie? The Joker is basically taxi driver for men who've never been inside a woman. This is their brave heart. They would love this movie. Exactly. It was it, it's it's about mental illness, but so uh, quickly what I was going to say is uh, to me Joker seemed like a uh, shallow person's idea of a deep film. That's that's what I walked away with. That's why I didn't like it is it just didn't really carry any weight. Uh, but as far as the incel thing uh, my wife and I went to see the film in Cedar Rapids, Iowa, and there were two police officers in the lobby, and my wife like, hey, why are there police here? I'm like, oh, because of Joker. And then that made her nervous right off the bat, and the lady at the ticket counter said, no, no, they just everyone has to do this for this movie. Don't worry about it. And I'm like, yeah, why? It, it just looks... Hey, man, you still there? Because my, my, I, I don't want to insult my wife. She's just, you know, easily riled so she sees police officers and hears hey man, oh you're, yeah you're there's been really a little like, hullabaloo I can't hear about this film and suddenly she doesn't want to go in the theater because she's feeling well if they're saying it's unsafe then i hello feel hello hello hey yeah, man I'm right can here. you hear me yeah i can hear you oh yeah you were cutting out dude i i, I couldn't hear any of that that's all right i was just talking saying that uh, basically it uh, i'll leave this in there won't be any edit because the listeners can hear that my point was that like you said, you you hype up this idea that oh we're gonna need police presence. It's it's all the the movie had to love it. Like yeah, they're in the headlines more and more because that just generates interest, but it also generates fear, and there's no reason to generate fear. Yeah, no that that was that was honestly that felt like the news being self righteous and and kind of up its own ass, and you know if. All you're doing is putting that in fucking in, in, in people's heads at that point, and then you watch the movie and you're like, "Well, sad dudes that can't get laid. This is their shit. I'm gonna start wearing Joker T-shirts underneath my shirts just in case incels shoot up whatever mall I happen to be at, <laughs> and I can show them the shirt and be like, "Look, huh? I saw the movie. I'm one of the good ones. Loved it. You? Not like Tim will go shoot him. He 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 was trashing the movie on the podcast." You wouldn't put a, a bullet through the face of incel Jesus, would you, Trevor? Huh? That's an involuntary celibate sin. You don't want to go to incel hell. Uh, oh. Well, so a split decision on Joker. Hopefully I'll see Jojo Rabbit this week. I wanted to... This, this actually... Uh, annoys me is I wanted to go this week on Tuesday. Tuesday is my, generally my movie day. And, of course, the kids have a just no school day for no reason on a random Tuesday. Dude, take the kids to Jojo Rabbit. It's about it. He's got an imaginary friend. It's adorable. The kids are going to love it. It's about a 10-year-old boy. Yes, yes, yes. All right. Um, he likes rabbits. Hates Jews. You, I, I, I answer. I asked, uh, and I, I'm going to guess the answer is no, but you didn't answer. Did you uh, watch Thursday Night Football this past week? 
I did not know. Oh, it's too bad. It was a, it was a ugly game, but oh, you talking you talking about the helmet thing? Oh, the, the yeah, the ending was the payoff. I you heard about that. I haven't I haven't time. seen the video, man. Yeah. Oh, you haven't even seen the video? Uh, it's, no. It's it's amazing because you you watch it happen in real time and you're like, well, that's okay. I didn't expect that. Especially, I mean, the game is over. There are eight seconds left or something silly. It's a wow. blowout. The Steelers are they've lost. So for two players to get into it made zero sense. But it's funny. Um, you talk about clickbait. You talk about Vice writing about Joker. Yeah. While the fight was happening, I was thinking, oh, my goodness. Every analyst is creaming their pants right now. Because that night, and especially the next morning on ESPN and all across sports blogs and sports radio, they were just screaming they were huffing they were they were their their dignity had been attacked like oh we can't have this in the nfl this is blah, 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 blah. but you know in the back of their mind like this is great publicity this big fight it drew ratings it draws eyeballs everybody's going to tune in to the next game to see what happens especially the next steelers browns game yeah they're all condemning it but they're all like yay we have something to talk about and everybody can pick a side and you have to wonder i do at least because i'm cynical i have to wonder if before the cameras roll they sort of assign roles hey uh did you think uh, rudolph was in the wrong eh, kind of all right you be a uh, uh, pro rudolph if, if you're not i'll be anti-rudolph you you take garrett's side like if they just go around a table and assign people to pick yeah. a side in the fight and that way they can just yammer at one another the entire time Wait, there was now. I haven't seen the video, but there's people that are pro the guy who took his helmet off and hit him with it. Well, okay, here's it's because it's 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 like anything in life. It's now again. I haven't seen the video, but yeah. I'm just if you rip a guy's helmet off right, and right. hit him okay, with here's it, here's the like, deal. It's it's complicated. Right now, there are people that that saying I'll just use Brown Steeler Steelers. The Browns player ripped off the Steelers quarterback and was getting shoved, and the Steelers quarterback uh, ran up on him, and he swung the helmet back at the quarterback. The Browns player like hit the Steelers quarterback with the helmet he had just ripped off him. That's what everybody is... That See, you haven't seen That's, it, so yeah. you think... What happened was, and this is where it gets interesting, the, the quarterback had released the football, so technically the defender, the Browns player, should have... Uh, released him, but instead he kept sacking him. There was there was sort of a struggle, like, I'm going to get you down, and the quarterback is struggling, saying, why are you tackling me? And they went to the ground, and they started wrestling. The quarterback started ripping the Browns player helmet off and couldn't, and started kicking him. So then the Browns player overreacted and tore the quarterback's helmet off, and then the then two Steelers uh, pushed the, okay. uh, the Browns player away. Then the quarterback ran up. It's it's a back and forth. Everything got out of control. No player is innocent in this. The sad well, so thing that's is, even even like in hockey, they you know they'll usually put both guys in the penalty box. That's right. why that shit works. And right now, everybody is blaming the defensive player for swinging the helmet. When when you watch the tape, and they've shown it a million times, the quarterback is not innocent in this. Sure, the Browns player should be suspended for several games. But the quarterback should get a one-game suspension for being a dick himself. Everything. No, yeah, absolutely. If, if that's what happened, but it's it's just that the tearing off of the helmet—that's something kind of new. Like we've never seen that right. before, not that I know of. And and I think it only happened because he had his helmet tugged on first. The quarterback couldn't get right. Browns player. Yeah. Rudolph could not get Garrett's Makes helmet sense. off. I don't know why I'm not using their names, but Rudolph sure. could not get Garrett's helmet off. But Garrett got Rudolph's helmet off, and and it just was out of control. But. 
That's not even what I just I just thought it was interesting that uh, the the spectacle, the idea that everybody wants to condemn it, but you know they're secretly happy it happened because it gives them talk something to talk about because everybody's going to tune. But in see, I'm I'm the opposite. I'm pro helmet duel. You know what I mean? Uh, just take both helmets off and just fucking joust, man. Put them on horses like like medieval football games. <laughs> that's good i like what you said a second ago though i mean i've seen a lot of comments to say the same which is yeah in hockey this just they would have let them fight it out for a couple minutes and then put them each in the penalty box whereas football baseball most sports they try and break it up immediately hockey's the only sport where they just sort of sit back and go all right they got to work some of this shit out on their own yeah and it's funny because canadians are so goddamn polite with everything else <laughs> Everything else is just, oh, sorry there. Hey, hey, sorry, do you know, sorry to bug you, do you know how to, do, oh, oh, did I almost bump into you? Sorry, sorry. But then when it comes to their sports, it's just like, all right, punch each other until you get sleepy. Now pick your teeth back up and sit in the box for two minutes and come back out and keep playing. It's, it's, it's the craziest thing. Well, and then they, those two minutes is all they need to calm down because their their baseline is being polite Canadian. So when they get worked yeah. up, they return to normal very quickly. I have a quick story. When oh, I did I just knock your teeth out in a blind rage? Sorry. Let's get back on the ice. <laughs> yeah, that's that's crazy. When I lived in Boston and I went to the Berkeley College of Music, I played the bass guitar. Uh, I was flying home uh, from Boston at one point, and I think I had a connection in Detroit or Chicago. And uh, so I get on the plane, and this, this would have been the 90s, I get on the plane carrying this big, bulky guitar case, and um, I, think, I think I was whispered to, right before I got on the plane, like someone said, ooh, the, and I'm going to get this wrong, I don't remember who it was, the Detroit Red Wings, the uh, Chicago Blackhawks, I don't remember exactly. But I get on the plane, and there are just rows of enormous men in business suits. And it was a professional hockey team. But because they were all... It took me a second to realize. I'm like, whoa, these guys look intimidating. But the instant I got on, they're like, oh, hey, can I help you with that? And they take my base away, and they put it up for me, and they're helping me. And I'm like, these are the... Oh, that's right. They're big athletes, but they're also Canadians first. They were the nicest goddamn guys ever, just helping me with my shit. And I just thought it was funny that, yeah, I just got... I got bag uh, curb checked by a by a by a by a hockey player. It was very sweet and endearing. He just got done punching someone's teeth out. Now he's helping you with his luggage. <laughs> he was. All right. Well, I want to. Okay, I, I had an idea just now. I want to shoehorn in the reaction. Like you said, you hadn't seen the video, so you were like, "Why? Why would anybody take the guy the side that swung the helmet?" I yeah, just yeah. finished on my flight to Utah. I read the book "Talking to Strangers" by Malcolm Gladwell. Have you read any of his books? No. I enjoy them. You should. I I think I I enjoyed Outliers. I enjoy uh, I enjoyed Blink. Um, his most famous one was uh, the the Tipping Point. I believe it was called. Um, he has a podcast called Revisionist History, which is fantastic most of the time, where he revisits something. Like, like say, the, the fight on the, the Steelers-Browns, uh, between the Steelers and the Browns. Three or four or five years later, he'll go back and say, all right, here's what everybody thought at the time. Let's really break it down and talk about what happened. And yeah. this book, Talking to Strangers, is really interesting. The first chapter, he opens talking about Sandra Blonde, uh, Bland in Texas. Do you remember her? Oh, was she... Did she get, like... 
Did she die in a prison cell or something? She yes. got like like arrested and, and, yep. and beat up by the cops or something like that. Not beat up, but yeah, she she was uh, in Texas and she got pulled over for like just a bullshit, you know, minor infraction, um, a, a bullshit stop. Yeah, um, I kind of remember, but it was like twenty seven police brutalities that went national ago. Right, so it was one of many. This it was she got pulled over for driving while black is the shorthand for it. She she just literally got pulled over for no reason. Well, to be fair, how black was she? <laughs> so things escalated. Uh, she got arrested for resisting arrest because the cop got angry. She was smoking in her car, and the cop said, "Hey, put that cigarette out." And she's like, "Why? What?" I, and all right, I'm going to yank you out of this car, get out, put her in handcuffs, arrested, and she committed suicide in her jail cell and then people oh, were like, that's right. oh yeah. did she really commit suicide and Malcolm Gladwell was on Rogan recently and he had a great line he's like you know to kill someone and cover it up that takes a lot of planning and I visited this police station and I, I don't think they have the wherewithal to get away with something like that it was his nice way of saying these dumb fucks are too stupid to actually kill someone and get away with it which was very funny Right, anyway. unless unless she um, w- ran a pedophile island and had Bill Clinton on her plane 27 times. There's no way people <laughs> were going to pay to cover that up and make it look like a suicide. Right. So the book opens with, the book is called Talking to Strangers, and it opens with this interaction, and then the entire book is about miscommunication and how we misread people and get things wrong, and then the book ends so it bookends the first chapter and last chapter are about sandra bland and how basically human interaction can go wrong we think that we understand people and we rarely do and it's it's amazing and sad and one of the problems and he doesn't say this implicitly he uses it as an example but one of the problems is television of all things he talks about the show friends and they are such such good actors on Friends that every time they say a line, their face gives their line for them. If they are angry, their face shows they're angry. If they are shocked, their face shows they're shocked. And we are so conditioned to see actors like, ooh, this is what it looks like when someone's angry. This is what it looks like when someone's shocked. That when we run into real people, they don't always do that over-exaggerated look of surprise, of anger, of joy. People look differently. Actors portray an emotion. Reality is not like that. So human interaction is actually very difficult because people are different and people have different responses to things. And we read into what they're doing, what we might think we would do, and or what we've seen on television, what actors do. It's a fascinating book. And it, it begs the question, what will we do as we break down the tape between the Steelers and the Browns? And right now, everybody's picking one side and everybody's picking another side. And in reality, there's always a lot going on. Right, yeah. And, and, and that's the thing, is I haven't, I haven't seen the video, and so I, you know... I, I, don't, I don't like to comment on videos I haven't seen, and I, and I don't like to comment on the videos where, like... Whatever the fuck people are saying happened, happened. But now there's like, you know, a cell phone footage of people yelling at each other about what, what already happened. And, and then, I don't know. That happens a lot, too. No. I just, I, I can't recommend the book enough. It, it really is an interesting study of human interaction, which yeah. can transition us then, I suppose, into what you had mentioned, uh, the impeachment hearings, which I'm only f- sort of glancing at on the periphery i'm keeping it in my periphery i'm not following it intently but the most interesting aspect of it i have found is 
in society, the very same people who seemed to scream, Benghazi, Hillary Clinton, Benghazi, are now the same ones screaming, witch hunt, this is a sham, this is a travesty. And it's really interesting to watch them flip a switch like that without any sense of irony. Yeah, and and it the the fact that you know the the guy that got him elected just got convicted of seven counts of that. Sh- you know, I, I I'm mean, lying it, to Congress. They, yeah, they 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 draw no parallels to that. <laughs> they think that that he has nothing to do with that guy. It's insane. Well, and it's not just that, but I I. You, the people that are screaming that this is a witch hunt and a sham, I, I, I don't have a list in front of me, but off the top of my head, I can say Michael Cohen, Paul Manafort, and now Roger Stone, and there are at least several others. Like Everybody with a connection has gone to jail. It's not a witch hunt. And at some point, and I'm not saying it will, but the old saying is the buck stops here, and it has to stop somewhere. And you, you know those, uh, whenever you watch a detective movie or a, a TV show, say The Wire, where you always put the kingpin at the top of the cork board, and they have lines running down to all the, uh, the, the from the generals to the majors to the colonels, the, the people right. in the crime syndicate. All uh, yeah, every, everybody around him is, is already in jail right now. There's right. lines through every single guy right next to him. Every single line goes, goes to Trump. So either he is shielding himself incredibly well or people just are willful. And that's the other part is, is the Republicans, um, God bless them. They just they band together and they do not let go. They're, they're like a dog with a chew toy playing tug of war. They refuse to even acknowledge any ill doing, which is amazing. I wish I could be that loyal to anything. Like my wife comes home and says, "Oh my God, I just uh, I was drunk and I hit a kid with my car." Uh, don't tell anybody. <laughs> I don't know if I could even be that loyal to the woman I love and marry, the mother of my children. Like, geez, someone out there, you know, like, they are loyal. <laughs> they are passionately loyal. Yeah, it's it's pretty wild, man. Um, I That being said, they, they, you know, they just started the hearing, so I, I guess I guess we'll see what happened. Um I mean, you know, you do see him kind of overreact about shit on the on the left a lot, you know. So it it does tend to it turns into a kind of boy who cries wolf situation. Like I, I was filling in on on like a left leading show yesterday, and they were saying that uh, uh, the the lady that was testifying, who was who was like the the former ambassador to Ukraine or, or whatever, um, he he tweeted something about her during during the testimony. It's just something along the lines of. She's a liar. She wasn't even a good ambassador. She's a poopy face. You know what I mean? Just stupid Trump shit, you know? Uh, just basically calling her bad at her job. And everybody on that show was sitting there going, this is clearly threatening a witness, you know? And it's like, well, easy, easy. <laughs> like, it's just talking shit on Twitter. If, was was every um, left-leading person that came out and said bad things about Brett Kavanaugh while he was being tried, were they threatening a witness? Were they threatening Brett Kavanaugh? I, I certainly don't think so. Um, but, you know. 
I think that's the other thing, and I find this actually sad. It's it's funny, but it's sad that the first thing that happens in a case like this is they do start attacking the character of the witness. Is like, yeah, she was a bad ambassador. I can't think of the guy's name, but the military uh, officer with a purple heart who right, has right. just served this country forever is like. He, he's he's, uh, he's uh, unpatriotic. He hates America. It's like he's a spy for the Ukraine because he was born in the U- Ukraine and he's lived here since he was three years old. So he's probably a sleeper terrorist, always trying to undermine. It's like that. That's it's, it makes me think of and this is a very bad parallel. But. Oh, yeah. Don't get me wrong. I think it's just tweets make him look like a fucking idiot. You know what I mean? And and I think if if they if she basically is saying this guy threatened me not to you know come forward with stuff and and and, and do my job I, as ambassador to the Ukraine or whatever um i then it 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 certainly lends itself to that like it could be a, a sort of collective evidence showing that like hey this is this guy's character this is his disposition in terms of threatening me um when i was doing my job regarding this but they they were basically saying that the tweet alone is the same as 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 you know a mob boss threatening a witness, and it's just like that's no, that's not how that works. Right, right. I get that. I'm saying I, I went a little different with it. What I'm talking about is the attack on character, where right, right. It they they say that the these people always hated Trump and they always wanted to undermine him, and now they're finally doing that. And what I was going to say is a bad parallel is is something that was going on in my head that that I'm going to barf up now. Um, is the idea that uh, when people are, say, homophobic, they're like, oh, they're just being gay for attention or look at the pride parade. I've heard people say things like that. And knowing gay people, like I do, they all say pretty much the same thing. Like, really? Do you think I'm doing this for attention? You think I like having my life threatened, being discriminated against? You think I choose to? And it's, it's like I said, it's a bad parallel, but what person, knowing what is going to happen to them, this this mil- this career military person, do you think he sat down and went, yeah, I'm going to enjoy all this negative attention and being attacked in the press and vilified by uh, the Republican Party? Yeah, let's just jump in and, and... No, they do it because they absolutely know something went wrong and it is their patriotic duty to testify. And it's just sad that when they don't have facts that can dispute what is being testified they just go after a character assassination that's all they have and it's i say it's funny and it's it's neat that they're that loyal but it's also damaging and pathetic so i guess right, both I mean, sides. you know a lot of these people have been have been you know basically you know working in the in the public sector for shit like like 30 years man like they don't they don't want all this fucking attention right and they've been under multiple administrations they got on the line and so yeah he was with um Clinton, then Bush, then Obama. Like, he just carried over. He it, it, he served to serve, not because, like, oh, Bush is in office and I'm a Republican. Oh, here's Obama. I resign in protest. No, they serve because that is their duty. And so to be cut down after 30 years, like, ah, he's not patriotic, it's, it's really shitty and pathetic that that's the attack they take because they have nothing other than they, they have no facts to back up their rhetoric. Yeah, I mean, you know that. That being said, we we just started the the proceedings, and, and already it doesn't fucking look good for him. But I mean, we'll we'll see what happens. I'm still skeptical about everything. I I think if if they don't get him out of office with this, there's a good chance that they just handed him the election in 2020 because it'll it'll drag into into the. Uh, into the general election, and he'll he'll do the thing he does where he, it's all about him, 
and he just kind of kind of does the well I'm bad but they're almost as bad so just don't vote left stay home and I I, I think I think it, if he wins it'll be because of that basically well, you talk about we don't know what will happen. We do know what will happen. The Democrats control uh, the House, so they will vote to impeach, and the Republicans control the Senate, so they will say, yep, not happening, and then that's that's exactly what will happen, is we will have a, uh, a split decision, as it is known, and right. overall, right. It, and not, not a yeah, damn bit of difference will be made. No, yeah, I mean, if if they can, you know, if if they can get him out, then great. But I don't, I don't think they'll be able to. No, neither do I. All right, you have to get to work. Is there anything else you wanted to talk about this fine Saturday morning? We covered. Um, uh, the oh, speak, the speaking of movies, I tonight I am going to one that's not on my my Regal Pass. I am going to see a screening of The Room. You you know what The Room is. I lived in Los Angeles and saw that goddamn billboard every day and never saw the movie. <laughs> However, I did go I did uh, go see the um the James Franco, Dave Franco, the the brothers, Dave J- I can't think of what it's called right now, but uh, Oh really? Uh the Disaster Artist. Yeah, you the saw disaster that but not, I enjoyed not the that room. Very much. Huh? I, I had not seen the room, but I I really? knew about it from living in Los Angeles. I knew of the legend. I just never got around oh, to seeing dude, it. Oh dude, were- you should have seen the room first. It makes that movie so much better cuz like you you know what they're like the scenes they're talking about and everything. Yeah, I mean there were midnight screenings and I just I never got around to it. So Well, yeah. I am going to a midnight screening of that and in attendance will also be the one and only Tommy Wiseau. He's oh, going to be there. That's awesome. Well, I hope yeah. you get a selfie with him. I know selfies are usually pretty dumb, but uh, that's one worth I You know, and I never him. go for him, but God damn it, if I can get one with him, I'm, I'm all over it. Well, that would be awesome. All right, listeners, you tell us who you want Jake to take a selfie with. with. That's uh, this week's challenge is message uh, Jake at jakevevera.com or email me, nathantimble.com, and tell us who Jake should take selfies with besides Tommy. Um, I want to try to get one with uh, the Richard Nixon tattoo on Roger Stone's back before he goes to jail. <laughs> He's looking over his shoulder, and you're uh, giving the yes. steve thumbs up. Uh-huh. Um Say nice things about us, uh, review our podcast, and uh, give us stars, and tell your friends to listen to us, and spread the word, spread the word, spread the word, and thanks for tuning in. We will be here next week. Later. Later.